Today's podcast is sponsored by no one. We don't need your help. Uh, no, that's not true, guys. Uh, <laughs> head on over to drdevotion.com. Click on the Contact Us page. Send me a form, and uh, I will get back to you. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Uncle Jimmy Fowler, elder candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. That's right. You're Uncle Fofo. Uncle Fofo. As of like how long ago? Uh, Look it up. Because you just you became really an uncle me? within hours. Well, I've been an uncle, I guess, like my wife's side of the family. But yeah, that don't count. That don't count. Yeah, you know. That's, that, a, that's not. Those aren't your nieces and nephews. Nah, I don't know who they is. So as of 7.25, so I guess an hour and a half ago. Yeah. Not even. Not, at, sorry, an hour and 35 minutes Do you feel different? Ago. You know, I feel like uh, I'm on top of the world. You should feel like there's an extra level of responsibility laid upon your shoulders. Mm-mm. Because you're going to have to fix everything your, br- your, your brother what? D messes up. Uh, probably, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. Or Listen, now I get to. Sc- there, here's the here's the best part about being an uncle. I think. Okay. You could screw never that one. kid up. Oh, and no. then send him home. No, listen. What That's you, what I'm gonna do. I'm here's what you tell me. Here's up. what you tell me all the time. Dustin is an amazing uncle. Yes, he is. He's a great uncle. Uh, you and I'm, and you I'm have gonna, to compete with that. You have to try I'm not to be. Compete. You, you you win. He wins. No, no, no. You have to you have to pay him back. For what? For being an uncle, for taking care of your kids. No, you know what? I, he owes me. How's that? I gave him the training ground to be a better father. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. All right, Sorry, dear Te- sorry dear, Dustin. No, Dear Tay, you, you're welcome. He calls his brother Dear Tay. We all call We've been calling him dear, the Dear Tay since. No, why don't you explain? No. Nobody's going to understand uh-uh. what that. I'm not, call, I'm not saying why. Okay. No, that would be too embarrassing. All right. That, I love my brother. Even when, when I have Jimmy's phone or when I, I don't have it, he won't <laughs> let me touch it. But when his brother uh, Dustin calls, it says Dear Tay. <laughs> dear Tay with the apostrophe, <laughs> with the accent at the end. <laughs> So, yeah, no, it's too embarrassing of a story. Uh, I'm not going to do that to him. All right, cool. Well, so there was this one time that – no, I'm not going to do it. Are you going to do it? No, because he listens to the podcast. Does I he? love you, dear Tay. All right, man. What are we talking about today? We are going to be talking about porn. Okay. No joke. Not leading into some other segue. Nope. So we got to make a disclaimer here. Yep, here we go. Um, <laughs> That's not no. Is that, that what is, you do no, when you get a disclaimer? No. Yes, it is. When no, you're that's listening a warning to- or something. That's yeah, a- that's a di- called a disclaimer. No, that's for a distress do, do, code. Do, 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 do. Anyway, there is. Uh, we're going to be talking about some stuff here that is obviously intended for more mature audiences, um, and we know that we have some young people that listen, uh, some young teens, even some tweens, people that are just before the uh, the, the teenage years, and. Um, so, uh, check with your mom and dad. If they don't know you're listening to this, stop. Go talk to your mom and dad. Let them know that we're going to talk about this. Now, in reality, um, I wish people talked to me about this when I was a young kid. So, um, we hope that this is going to be a helpful conversation. Um, but, I mean, why wh- I mean, why are we talking about pornography anyways? Oh. Okay. All right. Oh, that's the that, end. That's of the end of it. Okay. Okay. That, wow, that's, that's the end of the Super disclaimer. annoying. People hated that. How is it that. annoying? People hated that. No, now they know. Pay attention. And hashtag pay attention. Fofo Stop Beeping. Here we go. go. So, why are we talking about it? I think we're talking about it because uh, it's definitely something that has impacted not just our culture, but the, the Christian church. Yeah. The church itself is, I mean, with, there's a lot of people that struggle with this, mm-hmm. men and women. Right. So it's an important topic that needs to be brought into the light and discussed um, so that we can move 
past it, beyond it. I don't know how else you want to word it. Find yeah. victory over it. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, it's it is um, everywhere, and you know, pornography. You know, we haven't always had a pornographic culture. No. Um, so then, wait, wait, like, how would you define it though? Like, how would you define pornography? If you're going to say we haven't had a, we can't. You, yeah, give us a definition. So a classic definition of pornography is that it is the representation in books, magazines, photographs, films, and other media of scenes of sexual behavior that are erotic or lewd and are designed to arouse sexual interest. So it, it, I, the way that I've said it to people is that it's, it's any form of media or communication that seeks to arouse lust in the mm -hmm. heart, sexual lust in the heart. And there's you know famous debates about you know, what is pornography? And then yeah. more often, is pornography wrong or is there, are there different kinds of pornography? Yeah, is it a, people would say, is it an expression of, of freedom as well? Right. Oh, yeah. They're all appealing or to free speech or however you want yeah, to word that. Yeah, First you know. Amendment. Yep. And, and, you know, there are people that would say, well, soft core porn versus hardcore porn, you know, soft core being uh, not nothing uh, involving sexual penetration or things like that, but just mm -hmm. depictions of nude bodies yeah, yeah. Uh, being soft core. Uh, versus hardcore being very explicit, very um, up close and inappropriate material. So I and so I mean I want to say on the front end we're not anti nudity. Well, no, we're not anti sex either, and that's it. I, but you know, because I think there's some people that would say that um, that the body is is beautiful and that sex is is beautiful, which yes, is all yes, it is yes. within the context of marriage. Right, this is the problem with pornography that pornography. And I'm not the first to say this. I mean, other people have said this, that pornography takes sex outside of its context and it just kind of uh, boils it down to a, a physical um, uh, expression, just a, a, a physical manifestation so that it's, it's, it becomes it's – a, it's a less human thing. Yeah. It's, it's a, there's no love associated with it. That's right. It's not about love or procreation. So it's taken out of the context of marriage. It's taken out of the, that context of love, and it becomes this grotesque demonstration of just flesh on flesh. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll get into, into some so of that. that. I mean, is it really, though, like we're Christians, and our audience are, are believers. Yes. The, you know, I, I'm assuming for the most part. Would some be able, would some try to say, well, of course you guys are against this because you guys are believers and you're really blowing this way out of proportion. Like this is not really a prevalent issue in our culture today. It is just you guys on your hobby horse um, upset that other people are enjoying these certain things. Well, I mean, I'd have to admit, like you guys are, you guys totally nailed us because our hobby horse is trying to deprive people in the world of their enjoyment of porn. You know, I mean, I, I don't know how many blogs I've written on this and how many sermons I've preached. It's like so many. About 35. Jimmy keeps track, so. No, um, and that's, that's- But you a, understand what I mean, though. People yeah. look at us and say, oh, these Christians are just cranky. They're, yeah, they're, they're trying to find something to get upset about. And, and that's a, it's a really good point. Uh, but it's not well taken, sir, because the whole world is is coming to grips now. The, the non-religious world okay. is coming to grips with the reality and the danger, the effects of pornography on uh, our culture, okay. on our marriages, on sex in general, the way we perceive women. Uh, let's just talk about some of the stats, right? Like before okay. we get into the effects, I mean, um, porn is huge. It is a part of our culture. And just before we get into this, you go back to, I don't know, what was it, the 1940s when Kinsey wrote that book where he's arguing that all sex forms of sexual expression are legitimate and, um, 
and, and after that, right, you see Playboy and other yeah. pornographic magazines, what people would call softcore, coming out, and pornography kind of grows. And, and sometime around, I would say sometime around the 90s, it seemed to become much more acceptable and legitimate where I saw porn stars appearing on extra TV on Channel 5. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it wasn't a shameful thing anymore. And then the internet drops, and now it is everywhere. It is everywhere. So now that, now that pornography is everywhere, what are some of the stats? Well, I mean, the Huffing Huffington Post, uh, they write that porn sites receive more regular traffic than Netflix, Amazon, and Twitter combined each month. That's a lot of, that's a lot of viewing. That is, because people love their Netflix. People oh, love their Amazon. We binge watch it. And uh, people Netflix. love their Twitter. Yep. And combined. Just, just think about Twitter. That's crazy. I'm actually thinking more Netflix, how many hours people oh, spend yeah. on that, how much Every traffic night. that gets. Uh, Webroot uh, d points out that 35% of all internet downloads are porn-related and that 34% of internet users have been exposed to unwanted porn through ads, pop-ups, etc. cetera. Uh, also by Webroot, uh, that porn increased marital infidelity by 300%. Now listen, we're going to link to a bunch of places here yeah. so that you can see these things for yourselves. Um, these aren't um, angry fundamentalist Christians just making things up, because sometimes we do that. Uh, yeah. that there, there, there's, some, there's some history there. There's a lot of research going on right now uh, oh, into yeah. these things. Um, the Huffington Post has another article where it says at least 30% of all data transferred across the internet is porn-related. So 30% of all the data that is on the internet is, is porn related. So if you break down all of the things on the internet into various categories, mm -hmm. porn is huge. Uh, the most common female role in porn is women in their 20s portraying teenagers. Jeez. You know, that, that, that to me is astounding. That's John Millward. Uh, in 2013, Millward conducted the largest personal research study on the porn industry in the U.S. He interviewed 10,000 porn stars about various aspects of the business. So it's not something that he just kind of guessed. He went and interviewed that, that, to me, is just sickening. It gets worse, though, dude. Um, child porn is, uh, obviously, it's one of the, I shouldn't say obviously, it should be shockingly, but it is, and we know this, it's one of the fastest-growing online businesses, 624,000, mm -hmm. over 624,000 wow. child porn traders have been discovered online in the U.S. alone, and it's big business. It, Child porn is a $3 billion industry. That's by top 10 reviews. Right. Uh, porn is a global $97 billion industry with $12 billion of that coming in from the U.S. And in 2016 alone, more than $4 billion, mm. 599 million hours of porn were watched on the world's, and that's just on the world's largest porn site. That's just So just the one. Just the one. Whether it's you porn or whatever it is. Um, they got ads up on, on, on streets now. They got their own billboards yeah. up. So porn is a real part of our culture. Oh, gosh. And it's, 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 it's bad today because yeah. now I'm older than Jimmy. Um, by many a year. By, by, I don't know. But when by I was a kid. 40 years because you're, what, 73? I'm 44. Oh, really? Yeah. I just look old. Okay. It's that gray in my beard. That's that gray and bald. Wrinkles. Shortness. The Popeye, the sailor tattoos. All right. When I was a kid. Um, there was obviously there was no internet, and pornography was exclusively obtained through magazines, mm -hmm. or books, or um, videos, VHS. And, and after VHS came out, mm -hmm. so um, if 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 I wanted to look at pornography, which I did, and I was exposed to 
hardcore pornography at a very young age, around seven. Uh, before Seven years old. Before seven, I was looking at softcore pornography. Uh, where we lived, we, just, we always just found these magazines. We'd be out in a field playing around in our neighborhood, like a lot that wasn't developed. And sure enough, somebody threw their old dirty magazine into the lot to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. They don't want to get busted with it. We would find it, and we would all pass it around, share it, talk about it. And when I was seven, uh, I had a friend whose father had, um, back then they were called Triple X, but these um, hardcore pornographic videos, and he, we started watching them. And it had, it had, and I didn't know it at the time. I thought we were just having fun. But this had a serious negative impact on me, on my life, on my view, my understanding of sex. Um, it had a, it had a real, and I still, I, I still bear the scars uh, personally of that early exposure and what it did to me, and and what what the consequences have been for me now is that, um, and we'll talk about this later, that I have to have a lot of safeguards in place mm. to make sure that yeah. I don't relapse into those things. But let's, let's talk about the effects. All right, right. So I, I, there are ways that it affected me, but the, in terms of the studies that are done, what are the effects of porn? Well, yeah, uh, if you look at uh, fightthenewdrug.org. It's a, it's a great website, lots of good information there. Uh, I mean, one, it talks about uh, how it affects your heart, right? Why porn leaves you lonely. Okay. Uh, and it says here, uh, the more pornography a person consumes, the harder it becomes for them to be aroused by a real person or a real relationship. As a result, many users start feeling like something's wrong with them. They don't know how to be turned on by a real person, much less form a or sorry, much less form a deep personal connection with one. Right, right, and it it affects um, the your sex life as yeah. well. Um, all the studies are showing that that people that are exposing themselves to porn uh, wind up having less sex with their partners, and in our case, we're talking about marriage. Marriage, yeah. Um, and you would think, well, doesn't that get you going? Don't you want to have more sex? No, it uh, statistically, it leads to less sex with your partner and less satisfying sex. Um, and for a lot of people, this is also from Fight the New Drug, uh, the, the use of porn eclipses their sex life so that they have no drive. Uh, pornography is associated with a decreased yeah. sex drive with your partner, with your wife. And I'm saying partner. I'm not, I'm, not trying, I'm not suggesting that sex outside of marriage is okay. It's just all the literature that I've read on this mm-hmm. speaks of it that way, so it's kind of stuck in my head when yeah, I say yeah. that. I'm speaking about sex, which is um, godly and glorifying and wonderful and enjoyable in the context of marriage between a man and a woman. Um, it has this serious kind of impact. Uh, pornography can uh, have the impact of erectile dysfunction yep. uh, and, um, and, and more, and much more. Yeah, I mean, and part of that as well is it can affect your, your family, yeah. right? Research has found that marriages in which one person has a porn problem or sexual compulsion are often plagued by less intimacy and sensitivity, as well as more anxiety, secrecy, isolation, and dysfunction in the relationship. And since many porn users end up losing their jobs as a result of looking at porn on a company computer, these marriages often end up with less financial security as well. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the damage um, that it's is, is total. But like we talk about like the family itself, that it's, it's, yeah. it can affect every aspect of it. And I th- there's, a, there's a sense in which I think we know this. I think people know this because we hide it. Like they, we hide it to such a hard degree. Like we yeah. don't want to, you know, we're gonna use private browsing mode, or we're gonna use a special browser um, so that there are no tracks, or uh, we don't let people look at. You know, we use a, spe- a separate browser. Yeah, yeah. We we find ways to cover ourselves up. We don't want our people to know, and it's because it um, it has a negative impact on family. It has a negative impact on on spouses. What about the brain? 
All right, let's go to the brain here. Um, and we're still, again, we're looking at fight the new the drug. Fight the new drug. These are um, the facts, uh, how porn harms us in the brain, the heart, and how it harms mm. the world. Um, there's, a, there's a bunch here. Uh, why watching porn is an escalating behavior. Yep. How porn affects your sexual tastes. Let me read that, this one. Here it says, and this is not a Christian website or anything. This is, um, this is a, a, a social, uh, socially aware website that's promoting um, uh, health, right? Mm -hmm. That's really what it is. Many porn users find themselves getting aroused by things that used to disgust them or that go against what they think is morally right. And once they start watching extreme and dangerous sex acts, these porn users are being taught that those behaviors are more normal and common than they actually are. So pornography normalizes aberrant behavior, yeah. it, and, and it, it, it makes it exciting, it makes it um, desirable, interesting, and so, and I, I've even heard uh, former and, and, and ongoing um, uh, porn uh, actors and actresses talk about this, how what used to excite them naturally no longer does. Uh, they have to go to this nth degree now to have some kind of joy. It gets ramped up. Yeah, it gets really ramped up. So, yeah, I mean, if you have the opportunity, you need to check out the website, fightthenewdrug.org. Uh, they really break it down into three sections, the brain, the heart, and then how it also impacts the world itself. Like we were talking about with the global sex, you know, the sex trade and even this child porn. It's a huge. It's a huge, huge industry. It, a lot. Listen, I know that uh, there are some people that want to present themselves as porn actors and actresses who are saying, no, this is liberating. This is me. I'm making my own money. I'm doing my own thing. And that while that may be true, let's just assume that some of them are telling the truth or all of them that speak and say that are telling the truth, but most aren't saying that. In fact, we know that many people are trapped into yeah. making pornographic videos through the sex slave trade, um, that they are trapped, whether it's through uh, drug use and abuse, some through kidnapping. Um, there, there's, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a big, violent, evil trade mm -hmm. going on with human beings that we need to take uh, a lot more notice of and yeah, absolutely we you know because they're smiling in the video and apparently these days there's a lot of porn that there isn't smiling they want the tears they want the the agony um th this is um this is this is dangerous um mind and soul destroying um injustice is what it is so what would you say uh, to those that are struggling with or, or they're just flat out addicted to porn? Well, one of the things I would say is they should understand that while porn affects everyone mm -hmm. negatively, whether they know it or not, for Christians it affects them a little bit differently on top of all of that. Yeah. So um, they are going to be experiencing much more profound guilt because of it. They will experience despair um, oftentimes they go into a deep depression mm -hmm. and, and these are true for everyone but it's even more so oftentimes for Christians uh, because they 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 know on some level who they are maybe yeah. they're forgetting they know that they are the, the the child of God who's been adopted and loved who's been cleansed by the blood of Christ whose sins have been forgiven and who has been called to a life of godly joy right? right joyful obedience but because of this secret because of this thing that they're doing in the dark when nobody's around not only does it afflict their, their hearts and their consciences, but it then almost restricts them from being honest and transparent with other people, um, which has uh, a domino effect of, of consequences. 
So I would say to people who are, I would say to Christians in particular, yeah. who are struggling with porn, if they're addicted to porn, one is um, you are not beyond help. You are not beyond change. You are not beyond freedom. That there are many, many people who have been uh, completely controlled by pornography mm-hmm. who have experienced freedom. And that, that is not an empty promise. Um, if you go on to some of the websites that we're going to link to, there's testimonial after testimonial. Um, but you can probably talk to people in your church. You can talk to us, yeah. um, guys that have struggled with porn over the years and, um, and, and who have, by the grace of God, found a great degree of freedom. But I would say that um, you are not beyond rescue. Yeah. You, you, are, are, you are not beyond being changed. And so that's, that's a place to start. It's one of the things that I would say. What, what about you? From a pastoral perspective, trying to help somebody, somebody comes to you after a sermon, they go, I am completely wrecked by porn. I mean, I, I would reiterate what you're saying. You know, there's the grace of God. There's freedom in Christ. There's uh, the fact that, yeah, I mean, he has atoned for our sins. Uh, it, I think also what I would be saying to those that are struggling is whether you're Christian or n- non-Christian, I would be saying get help, get that counseling, right? find that, that support group that where you can be transparent and honest right. with each other and yourself. You, you know, I think for some people there's a deception that goes on, whether you're Christian or non-Christian right. to some level of, de- to, to, some level, I think people believe that they can actually get the satisfaction that they're looking for in that. Right. And that needs to be broken, yeah. right? Uh, whether it's a believer or a non-believer, you know, for a believer, we, we ought to know and we often forget that our satisfaction can be found only in Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we look to these other things. Uh, that our satisfaction, that there, that the pleasure that we're looking for is most beautifully experienced in marriage. Right. Right. Um, and so I think that's kind of one of those things is be honest with yourself, be honest with others, and work through those things. All right. So you're getting into like some some methods for overcoming it. At that oh, point. I guess so. so yeah. yeah no, I guess good. I, I, yeah. I guess so. I, I just really want to hit with people that, and I guess in that, trying to say what I want to tell them is you're not alone. Yeah. Like you don't have to be in isolation. You don't have to hide this. You can, you know, be, be, there's wisdom, right? Like I, I wouldn't, uh, when I struggled, uh, quite often, I I don't, I think I shared it with my wife, but I didn't share everything. Like I didn't share every single moment. Right. She knew of it, but I had other individuals that I talked to. What, what you talk to your wife about in, in terms of the specific specifics of these things oftentimes has to do with. Um, the nature of, of your wife and mm. what she wants to know, what she needs to know, what she can handle. Um, and so there's different strategies for, for dealing with that. Well, let, let's, just, let's just talk in general about you know, how people wind up quitting porn. Okay. Thousands and thousands of people quit porn. They walk away from it. Yeah. Non-Christians and Christians. If non-Christians can do it, then Christians can definitely do it by because the power. we yeah, have the power. power of the risen Christ That's right. and his spirit in us. Um, so uh, a, couple of, a couple of things to keep in mind when you're looking at this issue of pornography and, you know, maybe you feel like this is something that is 
oppressing you and about to ruin your life, or maybe you're just starting to play with it. Yeah. Maybe you're maybe you're just starting to um, investigate pornography and you're yeah. finding it online. Um, so first of all, I, I think it's really important to get educated. Yeah. Uh, get educated about the the effects of pornography. The, the stats. I mean, understand that. And this is one of the things that that I experienced because I was. I was, you know, watching and, and getting and buying and trading porn um, uh, for years, right? And it was, it was just kind of a normal thing. And then I became a Christian when I was 18. And so I, you know, left porn alone. And then the internet came out. Mm. And suddenly... It was everywhere. Right it, was, it was just, it's right there. And so I'm a student at a Bible college and it's just photos there wasn't a lot of videos at the time but photos were just a click away and i found myself in in a, in a, in a, a lot of trouble and so um let me just say that uh what i came to see later on down the road is that all of that exposure to pornography had warped the way i viewed sex had warped the way that i viewed women not that i would treat women differently necessarily yeah. um, in the world but what do i expect from my wife when it comes to sex yeah well if you've been watching pornography you think that that's normal now you're expecting that kind of performance and uh and it was things that you know i was i talked to my wife about all of that when we were engaged about my past mm -hmm. and all of these things and um, and we were able to work through it, but in my mind, there was a lot of conflict. And so you've got to get educated on, on the, the damage that pornography does to you, your, your mind. I mean, there's a, there's a whole host of studies coming out now uh, demonstrating how a constant exposure to pornography actually changes the way your brain works because it produces the same kind of, of dopamine uh, that drugs will produce so that you get this euphoria and this, uh, there's an addictive quality to it. So... Get educated on the dangers of pornography. Get educated on the damage that pornography does to porn stars mm -hmm. or porn actors and actresses. Um, start there. Like, th just having the information and the facts is a help. Yeah, I mean, find accountability, right? Like, and that's, we, what you, I, that's what you were I, starting I was to talk about, to, right? Yeah, and I want to really kind of hit that is find those one or two people. Ob obviously, I'm just going to say it, uh, of the same sex that you can, uh, that you can turn to, that you can talk to that um like i'm in i'm in a group of with some guys and uh they will we will you know share with each other like hey guys we'll just send a quick text pray for me really struggling right now you know and right. that that's like the kind of that first step i is is putting it out there because i know for me when when i put that out there i know they're gonna ask me oh yeah they're gonna ask me in a few hours hey brother what's going on but you could just lie you could just say, like, hey, no, everything was fine. You could, I guess. You, you really could. But what does that mean? But what does that do for you, right? Like, what's the whole point of it then? Uh, You're starting to now unravel the nature of the relationship and the friendship itself, Exactly, because right? if you can't be honest with these individuals, then who can't you, – you can't really be honest then. Like, and, and there's no point. Then your relationship is just this lie. And then really then I think there's an arrogance there where, oh, okay, uh, you guys can all be honest, but I don't need to be honest with you. I think it's right, a right. pride that's associated with that. Yeah. So I think find accountability. Find those right. people that you can regularly talk to, that you trust, that you know they're not going to go share this with other people. You so know these, are, that these are friends that you can trust. These are friends, friends you that trust. know you. They know you. And friends that may struggle with that as well. You know what I mean? Like, and so you can kind of work through those things together. But then further along is, I think, get help. 
get a counselor, get a mentor, yeah. uh, someone that that has gone before you, mm-hmm. has experienced this temptation and has experienced victory found in Christ. Yeah. And so really kind of press in. Because um, just accountability, if it's your friends who are having the same struggle, mm-hmm. um, it can be good. It can also just turn into, yeah, I screwed up again. I How screwed up again yeah, and no one's no moving one cares. forward. So you don't want that, but no. you want good accountability, but you, but you need more than just accountability. You need That's somebody right. to point you and who can, who's been there and who and is, can point you to the cross. Yeah. And it can point you to the power only found in Christ. Right. And so you need someone that's going that has been there before that's going to lead you and point you in the right direction um, and who's going to be blunt with you and call right. you out on your on your crud. Right. Right. Well, I'll, I'll get um, I'll get kind of practical here in a sense. Um, a, a lot of the groups that are helping people um, quit pornography talk about rebooting and rewiring. OK, so they talk about rebooting your brain. Like when you reboot your computer, like you shut it down, um, you uh, and in fact, if it's like a, you can do it hardcore and it just kind of uh, puts everything back to its original settings yeah. or whatever. But rebooting your brain means that essentially that you cut out all contact with pornography, and um, in order to give your brain a break from all of those That's fr- right. from that exposure that produces the effects, um, you you do a hard cut out now. That is, um, that's kind of like, well, isn't that just quitting pornography? Well, no, this, this is the start. Yeah. Um, if you eliminate pornography from your life but don't address heart issues, you're not going to have success. That's right. Because um, you'll just go back to it in time. This is a starting point, right? It's one of the starting points. So you, you cut it all out. That means if, um, if, you, if you can't handle having HBO you need to get rid of HBO. Yep. If um, if you can't handle having the internet, then you shouldn't have the internet. Uh, there's there's software out there that will block websites. There's accountability software. Uh, we'll be linking to all of these things. They're very very helpful. When we have to help some guys who come to us who struggle with um, pornography. So like you just, as as a pastor, I have guys come to me. Hey, I'm really struggling with pornography. Um, I just talked to my wife about it. What can we do? Mm-hmm. And so we talk about a lot of these things. And one of the things is is in rebooting your brain. Um, you cut everything out, and you sometimes have to install software, and we frequently do this. That's not the cure, but it's one way to begin to reboot your brain. When, That's right. when the, okay, so when I got married um, to my wife, and I, she's, she was and is still the most beautiful woman I've ever known. And I mean that physically, spiritually, emotionally, personality. Like I just, she's, she, I find her so desirable. And yet, this was right as the internet was taking off. I was married in 97. And so um, we got a computer. We got a gateway. Do you remember those? That's yes, you, you, I remember that. Gateway computer. So we got a gateway. And I could, if, if I was home alone, I turned it on, I found myself going to the wrong stuff. I found myself going to pornography. So I talked to Jen about it. I said, listen, I, you're gonna, I have to have it for school and research. So what I need you to do is put a password on it so that I can only use it when you're home. Mm. That way, uh, if I got anything I need to do, I need to go to the library or something. Yep. But I don't. I don't want to. So I had to put restrictions on myself. Mm-hmm. So that's a part of it. Like rebooting your brain, cut out everything that you can. Yep. Deal, deal. Be extreme about it in that sense. And I think, and if I could jump in there, yeah, that's please. okay. Uh, I know for myself was uh, kind of telling myself like just get through this day because it was. It got to the point where it was. It was bad for me personally. Mm-hmm. 
multiple times a day would be gravitating towards that. Right. And so I would have to just tell myself, I just, I just need to survive till 12. Yeah. I just need to survive till dinner. I just need to survive till I go to bed. And then the next day be like, that's, that's day one. I just need to survive till, till 10. And I would just sit there and tell myself these things, trying to cut it out, uh, trying to avoid it, talking to, to other men. But then also part of that rewire is for me, there's just suggestion for, for others. Uh, still use all those other software, use all these other things. Um, but I would, when I felt that urge, would just grab the word. All right, well, let's hang on a second. All right, sorry, You're sorry. Am I, am, I doing, I'm doing, am I getting ahead? I'm I did to reboot. Do I didn't do rewire. Oh, I thought, we're, I thought you did no, reboot you, and then no, rewire. No, no. Rewiring is different than rebooting. All right, keep going. So rewiring your brain is now beginning new habits and disciplines that are counteracting, working against um, the desires when you're being triggered, yeah. right? When you're, when you're struggling with lust, when these things are happening. Um, rewiring your brain is now uh, learning to move yourself and find satisfaction and joy in the things that are true and pure and mm-hmm. noble and whatnot. And so in rewiring, uh, like it's funny, it's not funny. It's interesting because a lot of people will say, uh, like in, in, in the, the worldly studies that aren't Christian, They'll say, you know, uh, exercise. Um, there, there's, a, there's a lot of ways that you can uh, experience these effects of, of dopamine and, yeah. and good things. So they're just looking at the brain as a machine, and, and all of that's good. So, you know, you can, you can work out or go for a long walk or um, they'll, they'll carbo load. <laughs> they'll do mm-hmm. all kinds of weird stuff. Um, but the point is that, and, and as Christians, what I would say is rewiring your brain is essentially is, is really uh, keeping your heart is what it is. And so you rewire your brain or you keep your heart by what, right? It's that old, it's old, that old John Flavel mm. definition that um, you protect the soul from sin and maintain um, uh, communion with God by the use of all holy means. So leverage the means of grace um, in your life, particularly in those moments where you know you are likely to be triggered or when you are being tempted. So... Um, I'll, and I'm just being honest. When I wake up in the morning, uh, I go to take a shower. Uh, usually, it, it, I'm in there for a while because what I do is, is I actually uh, kneel down or sit down and pray uh, and just pray that God would protect me and help me to keep my, my thoughts pure and um, to just to not allow me to wind up in situations that are bad. Because the reality is, is you can't avoid pornography. Yeah. You can maybe, you can avoid internet hardcore pornography, but you can't avoid pornography because it's on billboards, it's on TV advertisements, it's, it's everywhere you go. Uh, there's just, there's a lot of material out there that's floating around that is acceptable by our culture. Yeah. So rewiring is, in, in, from, from my perspective as a, as a Christian, is leveraging the means of grace and the healthy, good gifts of God um, in your life so that you are relearning, disciplining yourself, retraining yourself to find satisfaction in God and in the things of God. Think about it that way. Like people say, like, well, okay, Jesus is supposed to be my satisfaction, um, but Jesus is not going to satisfy my desire for sex. You're right. He, he, he himself does not satisfy your desire for sex, but he is your greatest need and yeah. he is your deepest satisfaction. And then with that, he has given you many other things in this world that are satisfying. So you enjoy all of the worldly goods that are lawful that you can enjoy by faith to the glory of God and him, and it will be enough. But this requires rewiring. And I think part of that rewiring is prayer. Right? When those, Definitely. When those times come up is, is spend time 
praying, just go right to God. Just go right to him and and just be praying for for strength, be praying for wisdom, praying for courage. Yeah. To to reach out to to someone for accountability. And you're big on this, like pray asking people to pray for you. Like yeah, what you said earlier. Pray for me is is I'll send a text and say, Hey man, pray for me. Yeah. I'm struggling right now. I got the, these bad thoughts or whatever's going on. Uh man, pray for me. And and I know they're praying for me and I, I stop and pray and I there's this comfort in knowing that there's others that are praying for me. Right. And, and that Christ is interceding on my behalf. Right. Right. Uh, and so just really press into, press into prayer, you know, cry out to God. I like the the way that you put it, because, you know, when, when we pray, I think it was Watson, uh, Thomas Watson, but one of the Puritans said, when you're praying, you are, you're entreating God, but you are preaching to yourself. Oh, and yeah. Preaching to yourself is one of the is one of the great ways that we do rewire our brain, um, because what we're doing is we are proclaiming the word of God, the truths of God to our own hearts and to our own lives. So just for example, um, when you're confronted with the powerful temptation of pornography, when you realize that, you know what, I am I am not strong enough on my own to mm-hmm. overcome this. But who are you in Jesus Christ? You are a, a, a dead man who's been made alive. You're living now. You, you have the spirit of God in you. You've been adopted into God's family. You've been transformed by his grace and power. And greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Who are you really? And what has God made you for? He's made you for that. He's made you for something better. So preaching to yourself on that level. Or even, for example, preaching to yourself about who people are, not just who you are. So like, think about those. This had a, this had a huge impact on me. When I was um, really struggling with pornography, it finally cl- became clear to me, and I don't know how it became clear, but it somehow, maybe somebody said something, I don't know, but it finally became really clear to me what it meant to objectify women. Mm, yep. Because I was like, how do you mean object? You treat me like a piece of meat. I never understood that when, when girls would say, like, they just treat me like a piece of meat. I'm like, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't understand. And it took me a while to understand that when you objectify a woman or treat them like a piece of meat, what you are doing is treating them as something less than human. They become an object. They become something to use and to yeah. then to discard. Uh, the, you don't view them as a person made in God's image. You don't view them as a person worthy of your protection. Instead, you see them as a, as a, as a, as a thing that you can exploit and use for yourself. It, that, that truth was huge for me in pushing back against pornography. So it, it, there's, there's praying, there's preaching, there's all of this stuff. And I think just having a battle-ready mentality. Right, right. right? And I, I know it's not easy. It's not easy, right? Like this, this understanding, like this is, this is spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. This is, you need to, to gird yourself. You need to uh, be ready because it's, go, it's going, you're going to come under attack. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I think sometimes we just, try to avoid it and and forget it but i think we need uh, you think you think like ah, i've made it i've made it right like you you <laughs> i've been i've been i've been free of it for 6 months now 6 months and here and that's something that i know we've discussed in the past just about uh different like alcoholics anonymous and things like right, that right right you know i know i know people that are have gone through the are are still in the program that would after 30 years still say i am an alcoholic mm-hmm. i am a recovering alcoholic that it's easy for them uh, for that first drink to get right back into the swing of things. And I think it's the same thing with porn is 
you need to be ready and guarded and be ready for the battle. And, and you fight these things with, with prayer. You fight these things by, by the word. You fight these things by the spirit of God. And the community of and God. And the community of God. Right, right. Right? Like you're not, you're not here. You're not taking care of this in isolation, you know, uh, but you band together to defeat it. Right. And, and let, me, let me say one thing here at mm-hmm. the end. Um, there, uh, it, it's becoming more and more popular um, for Christians, bloggers, pastors to talk, about porno- to talk about pornography and the dangers, um, and many of them are doing so in a very smart way. I like this. Um, we, we now have the scientific community on our side. That's right. It's no longer just this quote-unquote puritanical uh, group, uh, which would be a, a misunderstanding of what the Puritans were, but um, that are just trying to oppress uh, you know, sexuality. That's not what it is. Pornography is dangerous, and it is addictive. And so... For because there are some good pastors out there and some good preachers that have said some really stupid things about pornography. I just want to say one thing. If you are struggling with or are addicted to pornography, it's not because you're a wimp. And the answer is not being strong and manning up. If pastors are selling you that kind of garbage, they don't understand the nature of pornography. They don't understand uh, the, the, the nature of sin. It's, I also think they don't understand the grace of God. They absolutely don't. It, it, it is, that is not godliness. That's manliness that they're preaching. That's right. I don't want any part of that. No. I did that. I, I, want, I want godliness. So it's not because you're a wimp and you need to be strong and you need to be a man. You have been lured, enticed, and trapped. And sure, there is weakness in you. You are weak, but we're all weak. The answer is not in you becoming a man and being strong. The answer is you finding the grace of God. Absolutely. In, we're in the means of grace and uh, among and in the church. This, and there, of course, there are practical things that you can do and everything that are going to help along the way. But what you want is the renewing of your mind. That's what you need. We need the renewing of our minds to overcome pornography. And ultimately, this is best achieved um, by the grace of God through his work of sanctification. So we want to encourage you in, in that way. We don't have all the answers. Um, no. We're assaulted with uh, porn every day, just like everybody else is. And, and we send each other texts, or we co- yeah, talk we do. about struggles. We talk about it. Just, like, since the moment I woke up, like I'm still tempted to look at pornography, dude. I, I'm still tempted with that. It, I've, like, here's, here's one thing. By the grace of God, and it is only by the grace of God, I've never been into a strip club. I was converted at 18, so I, just, I never went in. But I used to travel a lot alone on my own, going up and down like 65 through Indiana. And Indiana doesn't have anything but like uh, strip clubs, apparently. So um, I was always just pull, go in there, check it out, look it out, what's in the strip club? And we got a bunch downtown. And so like, there are days when like pornography and these things are on my mind. And I'll just tell the guys, I'm like, look, man, it, it has been a fight today. Please pray for mm-hmm. me, pray with me. Because without the grace of God, um, I'll ruin everything. So that's what we're thinking. Please check out the links. A lot of free links, a lot of free stuff. So I just want to add one last thing to that part. Like for spiritual warfare, know your triggers. Yeah, yeah. Right? Know those things. Know if you are, if you haven't gotten enough sleep. Know if you've had a bad day. Know that if you've had like this time of depression right. or, or you're more susceptible. Right, exactly. To getting to making that happen. It doesn't justify it. It's just a reality. It's like, I know, exactly. For, yeah. Like, well, here's something. Hey, listen up, guys. Uh, this is a reality. I'm going to get real. Um, when you have kids, 
technically when your wife has kids. Yeah, you um, didn't do anything. You didn't do anything. Um, when your wife has children, there's a period of time where you're not going to be having sex, right? And, um, you know, it's sort of doctor's orders kind of a thing. Like, there's a, yeah. there's a, there's a window of time where you're not going to have sex. And that can feel burdensome to you. And uh, that can be a time when you're like, man, I am struggling. So you just need to be aware. That's right. Of, of like what Jim's talking about, the scenarios that are going to put you to the test, be aware of that, be educated so that you have people around you that can support you in that. It's not an excuse for you to do wrong, but it is the opportunity that the devil, the world, and the flesh will leverage to lead you to do the wrong thing. Big thanks to Justin Bond of J. Bond Media, the audiovisual wizard of doctrine and devotion. If you have any audiovisual photography needs, hit up jbondmedia.com and he will hook you up. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash doctrine and devotion. Uh, over at our website, you can contact us through the contact us page. You can sign up for the email list. You can click on the store link, grab yourself some journals, apparel, and Joe Thorne's Three new books. Ain't nobody want that. Ain't nobody want that. On the church. Mm-hmm. Is that all you got? Oh, oh you want me to keep going? Go keep going. Also, head on over to Amazon and leave uh. some honest five-star reviews of Joe's books. And if you didn't know, Joe wrote a second book a few years ago uh, called Experience of the Trinity. No one bought it. Maybe you can buy it today. It's just as good as Note to Self, people. It's just the same. I mean, no. It's not. It's pretty much the same it's thing. pretty much the same thing. Rehashed. It's got a different cover. <laughs> Fresh Pod every Dummy. Monday and Thursday. Uh, blog posts on Wednesdays. Video content. The good blog posts are like every other Wednesday. Yeah, when I write when them. I write them. When I write no, them. no, not when like, I write. Well, them. we all know I, like, I write. Them I write them in crayon, and people love them. Okay, well, they they are cute. Later. <laughs> <laughs>